Hello and welcome to SciSection. My name is Sarah Jafari. I am a fourth year English major at York University. I am also a volunteer journalist here at SciSection. Today I'm here with Jason Verbeek, who is a scientist in the cannabis industry, and we'll be talking about himself, his career, and the cannabis plant in general. Jason, how are you today? I'm good, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. So I want to start out this interview with a fun little game. Let's call it Burning <laughs> with Sarah. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. So if you could go back in time and claim any invention as your own, what would it be and why? Hmm, if I could claim any invention as my own. Yes. Putting, me, <laughs> putting me on the spot here. Uh, let's see. I think something that that makes people happy, maybe maybe just music in general. If if I can go way back ten thousand years and just just say it was me, wow, um, yeah, <laughs> first first one to yeah first one to hit a drum, first one to try to try to sing a song or something. Yeah, I think I think that would be great. Love that, absolutely love that. <laughs> How much happiness does that bring to people? Yeah, right. And then you would be the poster child for happiness. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Jason, why don't you start off by telling us a little about your career and your role as someone who's involved in research and development in cannabis? Sure, yeah. Um, so I work as a cultivation scientist uh, for Aurora Cannabis, uh, which is a Canadian cannabis company, sort of an amalgamation of, of many different cannabis companies as, as the industry evolves. and what I do is I run research projects for the company to explore ways that we can improve the plant's growth. So it's, it's a science-based position where I'm constantly running different research projects to explore what can we do and what can we change uh, and how can we improve production and, and be more efficient. So uh, it's essentially an agricultural sciences job um, with, with very heavy hints of, of just research uh, everywhere. So uh, it's it's been a very interesting position, and there's there's always a lot to learn. How long have you been in the field, if you don't mind me asking? So I've been working there for almost two years now. So uh, in the fall, it will be two years for me. Um, and and yeah, right from the start, I was thrown in and and started running research projects on on anything from growing climate to lighting to irrigation recipes and what what goes into that so nutrients and whatnot um so it's it's really pushed me to expand beyond uh what i had been researching previously and and really use all of my all of my skills and in, in terms of researching and, and finding things out and yeah just just putting in a lot of work to to find those things out interesting so how did you get into this specific field and what intrigued you the most about it uh, so I've I've always been fascinated by the natural world, like ever since I was pretty young, um, just going out and, and being in nature and looking at plants and animals. And that led me to to study biology at Queen's University, where I, you know, got even got even more into into studying biology. Um, so I am a biologist. That's that's my trade. And yeah, essentially, uh, I think where I started getting really into plants was I started as a summer job. I joined the lab of one of the professors at Queen's University where I was studying. And, and we were actually looking at evolution just in general and how different species might adapt in terms of climate change scenarios. 
Uh, and what we were doing was we were looking at how, how plants change over elevation. So uh, we got up into the Rocky Mountains and, and we're studying different plants all over the mountains and, and looking how they changed with the elevation. Uh, and, and from there, I, I got more and more into studying plants. And, and that led me to, to start my master's degree at the University of Toronto, uh, where I ended up studying plant biology still, I'm more focused on invasive species. Um, so I've, I was pretty deep into the academic research side of things. Um, obviously, now I'm in, in industry, but graduating with my master's in plant biology in 2018, uh, it, it seemed like the stars sort of just aligned in, in terms of timing. It was obviously an emerging field, the cannabis industry in Canada, um, and, and they were looking for people who were ready to do research and, and ready to do a lot of work in those fields. But yeah, it was, it's essentially a very young company, uh, Aurora Cannabis, and I imagine a lot of the other cannabis companies in Canada are, just given, given the fresh industry. So yeah, it was basically timing where I found out that, that I could pursue a career in terms of something that was plant science and it was an opportunity to do something that was completely new and, and there's so much to explore. Um, obviously the plant's been uh, illegal for, for so long in Canada and most countries worldwide. Uh, so there's a lot of unknowns. We, we don't know a lot, which, which made it exciting for me. Uh, I could apply all of my academic research skills and try to work in industry and, and create some, some positive change for the company there. What type of reaction do you get from people when you tell them about your career? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that really depends on the person. And, and depending on the person, I'll, I'll sort of frame it differently. But some people definitely just, just think it's sort of like a, a funny industry to, to be in. They have a bit of trouble seeing past sort of the stigma uh, that's associated with, with cannabis, obviously. Um, being illegal for so long and and they're more focused on the fact that okay this is this is weed we're talking about people are smoking it's more like you know the hippie culture that it was previously associated with um and and on the complete other end of the spectrum there's people who who are really excited by the fact that it's research and there is something new and there are so few people in the world who who have this sort of expertise so uh that's really exciting for me uh, when, when I get to tell people about my career and, and all of the exciting things we can do. And it's also exciting for Canada, I think. Um, there aren't too many industries that Canada is the only one that's involved in. And, and the cannabis industry is very focused in Canada, uh, a little bit in Israel as well, but um, Canada is able to be a world leader in that. So yeah, it's, it's a really cool opportunity. And yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting to have conversations with people about about my career because nobody really knows, right? It's, it's such a new field. Right, and when you have these conversations, do you kind of try to go out of your way to break the stigmas? Um, sometimes, I, I think I let people just have their fun if they're trying to have fun, but yeah, I, I definitely do go out of my way to emphasize that it, that it is very scientific. Um, we do take our work very seriously in terms of trying to make advancements and, and be very efficient. If, if you look at most other agricultural fields, they have a 100-year head start in terms of uh, when crop science really started to take off. If, if we're looking at the 1920s, 1930s, when, when big companies started to really get into that. So that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, very interesting field to, to actually 
be working in. Right. And what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's kind of wanting to get into the field and into the study of cannabis? And do you think there are a particular set of skills someone has to have in order to be successful in the field? I, I don't think there's a specific set of skills that you would need. I, I guess just being very driven uh, and self-directed and, and ready to learn. In any career, I think you have to be constantly trying to learn to succeed and advance and make a change with your job. And in my experience, that's been particularly the case in the cannabis industry. There's a lot to learn. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, it is a very uh, young industry uh, on average. So it's, it's a lot of people that are trying to figure things out. So yeah, it's, it's just that motivation and, and drive to really be good at your job and, and, and make improvements there. In terms of uh, people who are interested in the field, I think there's a lot of opportunities. More so from my side, I'm exposed to the scientific aspect of it. So there's a lot of biologists like myself. Uh, I work more on the environmental side. What can we do in the growth and, and development of this plant to make it better? There's plenty of geneticists as well that are, that are completely on the other side of things who, who have a lot of work to do in terms of uh, what cultivars of cannabis are going to be helping people medically. They all produce different levels of cannabinoids. Um, so, so there's a lot to figure out there. Uh, and there's also opportunities for, for people who are in, in chemistry, I think, on the more pharmaceutical side of the business. So yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities. And in terms of skill sets, I think just, just trying to get into the industry and moving around within the industry seems to be fairly easy. I think a lot of people are surprised by how quickly they're able to move forward into new positions uh, as long as they prove they're driven. Right. Really yeah. good advice. Um, so going back to what you said earlier, do you think um, the public's overall engagement with something like cannabis has evolved since its legalization in Canada? Uh, I, I think legalization in Canada uh, was a result of public opinion already. I think Canadians were were very ready for that change when it did happen. It, it was very commonly used before and uh, at least perceived by a, a fairly sizable chunk of the public as, as something that wasn't to be feared anymore. So I think, I think that's what drove the legalization of it in the first place. And then uh, in terms of it being legal now, I think uh, a lot of people who maybe uh, would have been opposed earlier on are giving it a bit more of a chance. And it, it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, over the next few years. We're still very much in the infancy stages, but um, I, think, I think people will really open up to it, especially in terms of the, the medical aspects that we can get into. Mm -hmm. Jason, do you think you can explain some of the scientifically proven benefits and maybe harms to cannabis? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not too involved in, in the medical aspect of it, obviously, as a plant scientist. Um, that's not my field of expertise, but uh, there, there are definitely uh, certain benefits that, that have caused it to be used um, medicinally. It, it was actually legal in Canada for quite a few years before it was legalized recreationally. Um, and I think the major uses for medical work are for uh, cancer patients who are undergoing chemotherapy uh, with, with nausea and lack of appetite. Uh, there's certain cannabinoids in the product that uh, can stimulate appetite and, and help with nausea and, and the side effects of the treatments that, that cancer patients go through. 
and, and that can actually be applied to uh, many other patients who, who have certain pharmaceutical drugs that are giving them a lack of appetite. Uh, so I think that's, that's one. Uh, chronic pain treatment is another major one. Uh, that's obviously the, that's the major um, medical benefit. Um, and then there's also um, certain forms of epilepsy that are prevalent in children that uh, CBD, cannabidiol, um, has been proven to reduce seizures in, in certain forms of epilepsy in children. Um, so that's, those, are, those are sort of the major fields where we could see improvements. Um, like I said earlier, it is still a, an emerging field and there's a lot to be discovered in terms of these benefits. But, but those are the main fields where, where I can see treatments opening up a lot more in the future. In terms of harms, the, the harms should definitely not be ignored. Again, these, these have to have a lot more clinical studies until we can definitively make, make a conclusion on them. But um, we do know for a fact that, that smoking is not good, uh, whether it's cannabis or other products. Um, so that's, that's the major uh, issue that, that I can see as a concern with cannabis. Respiratory issues. Um, there are other forms of, of taking cannabis in terms of the pharmaceutical industry. Um, there's pills being developed. Um, recreationally, there's, there's a lot more fun things that are supposed to be rolling out soon. Um, mints, edibles, uh, other things that don't require you to actually smoke something. Um, and I think a lot of people do prefer to not smoke anyway if they're uh, taking cannabis. Um, and then another harm I think that, that is uh, really brought to the forefront for current research is, is impaired cognition. So um, especially in adolescent users and children, it is associated with a bit of a slowed neurodevelopment. Yeah, that's, that's obviously up, up for uh, research still. It's, it's not conclusive whether it's people with pre-existing conditions uh, who are more likely to use cannabis or if it is actually causing that. So, so that's one thing that is a really big focus of research right now is, is how it affects neurological development. It is, it is a psychoactive uh, drug, so that's, that's what we, we need to be focused on and, and ensuring that if we are using this as a treatment, that we're ensuring we're not having these negative side effects as well. Right. Thank you for clearing that up for the listeners, especially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so do you think the cannabis industry and community has done a good job at breaking stereotypes and actually informing and teaching the public about cannabis use? And if not, what types of shifts and changes would the industry need to make in order to distance themselves from, from being seen as taboo? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, let's see. Uh, I, think, I think they've done a, a fairly good job in terms of uh, trying to be professional and, and ensuring that people are taking it seriously. Um, there's, there's a lot of benefits to being seen as, uh, as a viable industry that, that can produce a beneficial medical or recreational experience. So I think the industry is working hard to do that. Um, I'm not quite sure they're there yet. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, a, a lot more work needs to be done in terms of what we know about the product before we can, before we can make claims about cannabis's effects. But in terms of being seen as taboo, I think, I think that's something that will happen eventually uh, as more people get exposed to it. And it is, it is interesting to talk to people who may have 
seen it as taboo a few years ago who are very open to using it now. Um, and, and seeing other countries following Canada's lead, I think uh, as it becomes more prevalent worldwide, I think uh, that change will sort of naturally occur over time. Mm -hmm. I only asked because I was in high school during the time that Canada was about to legalize um, marijuana uh, recreationally and yeah. they never really explained to us about like any uh, benefits to marijuana. It was always the harms and stay away but then like only just recently have we learned that you know just like you said it treats cancer patients, it treats just even pain, depression, anxiety, all that sort of stuff. So I think it's interesting to see things that are being kind of censored even within like our own education system. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's really important to consider. And if if we're comparing it to other recreational uh, substances, like like alcohol has been legalized in Canada for quite some time. It obviously serves sort of a, a dual purpose, right? It, it can be very beneficial. People people use it in social circumstances, and it's seen as as quite acceptable. When it also does have negative side effects. Uh, as well, there's there's obviously the same issues that come along with with addiction and dependency and negative effects on on the brain and and everything. So I think it's it's obviously has to be taken with moderation. And people people I think are are understanding that it's sort of on that same level of understanding as as how we treat alcohol. We need to we need to make sure we're aware of the risks, but um, responsible use is not necessarily. Uh, as taboo as as was once thought. So, Jason, in your opinion, why do you think a plant like marijuana that has so many benefits, like we've just went over, was criminalized in our country for so long? I'm not too sure, actually, about about the legal status of it. Um, we we did learn very briefly when I started my job about some of the history in terms of making cannabis illegal back when that happened and sort of how it was portrayed as this very, very difficult substance to have any benefits. It, it was portrayed as sort of a, an evil, very bad thing for society. It is, it is very interesting. Uh, some people also do pose that um, maybe it had to do somewhat with the lumber industry in North America because hemp and cannabis actually do have a lot of other uses uh, at one point in the United States, it was actually required for all farmers to grow hemp. This was used a lot for rope and sales and things, uh, obviously quite a long time ago. So at some point, I guess, I guess it was lobbied against and, and made illegal. I'm not sure exactly why, but yeah, I think people with, with more freedom of, freedom of information available online um, and, and communication between people, I think uh, we are seeing a, a societal shift where people are putting pressure on governments to uh, legalize what, what they already think is something suitable for society. Jason, where do you see the future of the cannabis industry heading in the next half century? And do you think cannabis will become even more integrated into our lives? I, th I think it'll become a lot more integrated into our lives, uh, especially once we start to learn more about its effects and, and monitor those and ensure we are using it as a as a medicine responsibly yeah i think i think it'll become a lot more common in terms of medical treatments there's still so much to learn that that those will definitely be coming a lot more to the forefront and and in terms of integration into our lives i think there 
there is a bit more use for for cannabis in terms of just the crop itself. Hemp can be used for a number of functions. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll become very important for society, just as something like alcohol has its distinct role to be used in, in certain recreational circumstances. But yeah, I think, I think it is still a very minor part of our lives, and I don't see it becoming too huge in the future. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. It was really great, really interesting learning about your field, what you do, and just cannabis itself. Absolutely, then, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's much appreciated. Yeah, of course. So that's it for this week, everyone. Make sure you check out our Instagram at SciSection. I'm Sarah Jafari. Thank you so much for listening. Bye now and stay safe.